Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Today is how do I tell that I'm talking to children about suicide? And our guests today are Carol Lore and Julie Cosentino. Carol Lore, website manager of thegiftofkeith.org, and Julie Cosentino, a social worker, will discuss ways to talk to children about suicide and depression. Carol has recently written the children's book, My Uncle Keith Died, to help answer the questions children ask after a suicide. Carol's only son, Keith Lore, died at the age of 29 years old by suicide. After Keith's death, Carol began to understand the word suicide and began her journey in trying to educate others about depression and its deadly results, suicide. Welcome to the show, Carol and Julie. Thank you. Morning. Welcome to the show, uh, Carol. I was telling Carol today that she's the only guest we've ever had on twice. Well, thank you. <laughs> last, last time we had, uh, Heidi wasn't a co-host then, was she? No, no, she wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't um, honored to have Heidi there. <laughs> I've gotten to know Carol, though, because she's such a great advocate for building awareness with depression and suicide. Thank you, Heidi. And you have such a fabulous website. And I you, think you it is so too. hard at it. It's uh, it's so informative. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm very pleased because it seems that that website um, gives suicide survivors not only um, the information that they're looking for and just what Heidi was saying before, and they can go to it in the evening or during the day and they can look at parts of it and then they can go back when maybe the grief is worse or not as worse. And um, I think it's wonderful for suicide survivors. And now we have um, a cyber group, um, which is um, they support each other. And um, it's published on, it's called Cyber Friends. And we've gotten wonderful support from wonderful people that are supporting the newly bereaved. And um, it's just working out wonderful. And um, I owe all that to my daughter, Cindy, who who's an artist. She started the website in Keith's memory, and it kind of took off. Uh, that's great. And, and uh, she is Cindy, right? Yes. She is an absolutely nationally known artist, and, and you'll be able to find her on the web, too. Yes, please look her up, too. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Carol's book is on our our front page today on the grief blog if you want to order it. Yeah, my uncle Keith died, and we'll want to talk about that today. And I just wanted to mention your website address, um, thegiftofkeith.org is the uh, website. And I think, do we have that on the front of our, I haven't looked at it yet, but if we don't, it'll be on our website too. So, um, and uh, I want to talk a little bit about Julie. Now, you said Julie um, would, was going to come on the show with you, and you were just telling us, something about Julie, that she's actually a relative of Keith's. Is that right, Julie? That's right. Keith's my cousin. Wow. Ah. So were you involved with uh, suicide prior to his death? Um, at the time that Keith died, I, I was not working for, in private practice. Since then, I have gone into private practice, and I've worked quite a bit just with families and young children that are struggling with just how to talk about this very difficult subject. And I think, you know, for families... And parents, they just don't know how to approach the subject. And it's just, as you know, very difficult and very emotional for everybody. So it's real, it's real hard to talk to kids if their parents aren't, you know, educated enough and willing to be able to join into the discussion. So I think that's a real, a real big topic that we should discuss a little bit today, too. Now, where, where are you? 
located? I'm, I'm calling from Tinley Park, Illinois, which is just about 30 minutes south of Chicago. Okay, we want to know that because uh, and later on in the show we'll want to, you know, tell people how they can get in touch with you too. Absolutely. So they they know where we know where you are. Well, is there another book out, Carol, on this? <laughs> for um, children? You know, this I feel is one of the first books. Um, mm-hmm. I I was never really aware of children's books because I'm not. Um, I don't have grandchildren yet, but I do have two wonderful great niece, uh, great nieces, and a, and I have a great nephew. Um, but after after Cody died, um, after Cody died, listen, after Keith died, I I knew that um, I had to create the website, and through the website, I have um, uh, a section of the website that has resources, and in the resources, I've listed all the books and magazines and blogs and whatever that is out there for suicide survivors, but people kept asking me, is there something out there for us to talk to our children about suicide, and there just wasn't anything out there, and so I talked to Julie about it, and I said, you know, if I'm willing to work on this book, because My background is in elementary education and special education. And I thought, if I'm willing to work on this book, would you help me with a discussion guide? Because I know that people say if a book is out there, I want to look at it before I give it to my child. And if my child reads that book, will I be able to answer his or her questions? And I wanted that discussion guide in the book for parents. We have a caller, Tony from Kansas. Are you there? Yes. Hi, Tony. Did Hi, you have, how are you doing? Uh, welcome to Healing the Grieving Heart. Did you have a question or a thought for us today? Yes. I was going to let Carol know that um, the past few years uh, I've been looking at the website of Fierce Goodbye, and I've seen the, you know, the tribute to Keith or whatever. And mm-hmm. at, times, at times it's gotten me through the day and stuff. Um, I had attempted suicide a few years ago, and and, of course, they had pronounced me dead, but uh, but with God's love, I came back. Um, and it's something I deal with, um, with depression and stuff. And I just want to let her know that last night, I, I haven't looked at the site in probably about a year, and I was just really depressed last night and um, and just felt compelled to look at it. And it just, um, I saw where you're going to be on the air today and, and on the radio station, and I just wanted to call and let you know that, you know, that I just felt like Keith was telling me, like, you know, everything's going to be okay. You know, and if you need someone to talk to, here's my mother. Um, oh my goodness! So, <laughs> Tony, that is that is that that has made my day. And the fact that you you know you've called the station in the midst of your pain to reach out to me is is it shows such a compassion and love. Yeah. And I and I and I and I thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, and I just want to you know. There's a stigma with with depression and stuff like that, and and it's just really hard because I can't just come whomever and just say, you know, I'm depressed and I'm feeling this way, and and you know, and unfortunately, I just sometimes I feel like I'm just going to die at my own hands, and it's something that I don't want to do. But uh, I just, you know, just reading the story and stuff again, and just you know, just knowing that you guys understood and everything, I just felt like I just had to say, hey, thanks. I'm glad that somebody can understand what we're going through because no, not everybody does. Well, Tony, I think Carol would say, too, you really need to take care of yourself and get some help for depression. It's mm-hmm. out there, 
And I would suggest that you also go to the University of Michigan depression site. They have a wonderful site there where you can do some self-testing. But I hope you're reaching out in your community. That's what I was going to ask Tony. Tony, do you have anyone that you can talk to? Uh, no, uh-uh, no. Uh, since, since the suicide attempt, it's just been like, they know that I have done it and they think that I'm just healed or whatever because I had survived and everything. And, and But they don't like to talk about depression. We can talk about everything else in our lives, but we just don't talk about depression. Well, go to the University of Michigan Depression site, and you'll see a huge, huge information there. And, of course, you know you need to call 911 or a depression uh, suicide hotline. If, have you looked up suicide hotlines? If you're feeling that way, Carol, wouldn't you say? And you also, know, another, uh, another wonderful group, Tony, is um, have you ever heard of NAMI? The, no. The National Association for Mental Illness. It's a wonderful group of people that suffer with, with mental illness. And they are there to support you. They they are there. They've been there. They are going through some of the same things that you're going through. Some of them might be going through different things, but they're all going through their own illness, which it is. I mean, we have to accept that mental illness is the same as any other illness. And you know what? You as a person today calling the show and saying, that my website meant something shows that you have the confidence to reach out to other people. I was and I say, Tony, yes, and you could you could have changed someone's life today. Yes, absolutely. By just your call today. And so, I would also suggest that Tony, if you can get counseling, because exactly. it's not fair to you to carry this burden alone. You you deserve to have a life with less depression in it, and it is a chemical imbalance. So if you can get counseling and talk to someone and know that you're not alone. That thank might you. be helpful. Thank you guys very much. All right. You're not alone out there. And we're also writing a book on men and depression. And please listen to our Eric Kippel show and any shows that deal with depression that we have to realize that you're, you're not alone. And, Tony, please, if, if you would ever like to write to me, I, I'm there for you, okay? Because I think Keith called, called to you today and asked you to call. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Absolutely, you, Tony. So I'm you can, Tony, Tony, how would Tony like get a hold of you, Carol? I think she can, he can get through. My um, website address is a loss so great at aol.com. Okay, a loss so great at aol.com. Thank you so much for calling in, Tony. Tony, the great, best. Tony. Thanks. Bye bye. Well, what a powerful call. And Carol, I mean, that's just one of the many, many people that are benefiting from your website and mm-hmm. from Keith's life. Thank you. An amazing thing. Well, getting back to your book, and Julie, I wanted you to, um, Carol and uh, Julie, talk a little bit about the uh, what you had written for parents, because you were saying that parents don't just want to, ha- you know, read a book to their kids that they haven't looked at or haven't vetted or don't know anything about. So you wrote a little something for parents. You know, I wrote a discussion guide just to help parents kind of just show them the steps to go through and how to start approaching it and just some typical questions that might be asked of kids. You know, kids want to know lots of information, and certainly we have to gauge that to their developmental level just to see if they're ready to hear, you know, more intense kinds of discussions about it or where they are in their lives and how to apply that. But I think for parents it's just real important to know that they need to educate themselves first before they start talking to their kids because for most parents, as we know, there just isn't a lot out there of discussion as to how to do this. 
So right. they get real nervous as to, well, what do I say? What kind of words do I use? And I'm always very encouraging of parents to make sure that they're using the words that really apply. I mean, you know, lots of times people want to sugarcoat things and use words that don't sound so harsh, but if you're not using the actual word, then when your kid has a chance or an opportunity to talk to you about it, they're not going to really know how to express themselves. So, And children are so literal. So if you say somebody's lost, they think that you can find them. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I've even had clients that have, you know, concocted big stories about how their loved ones have passed away just because they think they're trying to protect their children when really, you know, going through life, if they can give their children bits and pieces of information as they develop to help them understand that, you know, this depression might be affecting them at some point, not to scare them, but just to let them know that this is out there. That's the best way to educate kids is to just kind of keep giving them the tools that they need to be able to assess how their own feelings are affecting, you know, their functioning. And, and I think this would be good for professionals also because I don't, don't think a lot of professionals have this information. Absolutely. There just is nothing out there. When my aunt said that she searched around looking, she really did. And I think this is such a wonderful tool. And, and the pictures in the book are so phenomenal, just, you know, so that kids can identify that, hey, you know, there's a kid sitting there, and that kid might look like me. And the interesting thing about the pictures in the book that I want to comment about is that they don't all show kids looking sad. Some of the pictures in the book, there's actually a picture in the book of Keith um, with a mask in front of his face showing that he might look happy on the outside, but underneath that happiness, he might be suffering. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important for, for families and for kids to understand, too, is that just because the person is depressed doesn't mean they look sad all the time. So, now, so Julie, I had a question. I'm sorry, Mom. Um, I, have, I know a child that's um, mother died by suicide, and the family doesn't think she should know how her mother died. What would you say to this family? And they haven't you know, told her. I think that the child absolutely needs to know that that is what happened. I think certainly they need to gauge the child's developmental level in in discussing the actual event of the suicide and what types of information the child's ready to hear about how it actually happened. But I think they need to use the word suicide because the child needs to be aware that, you know, in their lifetime depression might affect them and that there's help for it and it doesn't have to end in a suicide. Mm -hmm. Like our friend Tony that called in. Absolutely, absolutely. So what age group is this book geared for? You know, I tell people all the time that this book really encompasses so many different age groups. Um, I had one of my cyber friends tell me that after her son Jimmy died, that she had read all these books written by psychologists, and she did not understand why her son died. And after she read my book... She said she was able to get a grasp and understanding why her son died. Mm. And to me, I think you can take this book and you can show it to a young child and talk about the pictures in the book, and you can give it to a teenager, and this teenager can read it and see something else in the book. And I also think professional people, like Heidi mentioned, can use this book Mm -hmm. in talking to a child about suicide, showing the pictures and talking about the picture. I, When you just were talking to Julie about how Keith was wearing a mask, there's one picture in there. It shows a little boy, and he's broken his foot. Now, when a child breaks his foot, you know something is wrong with his foot because he limps or he has he hops because he doesn't want to put any pressure on that foot. 
So we're all aware that it's a broken foot or something's wrong with his foot. But with depression, we cannot see the emotions that are hidden within unless that person tells us. Mm -hmm. So this is what the book tries to explain to children. If you are feeling sad or if you have feelings that you don't want to tell someone, try to find someone that you really have trust in. You know, it, it doesn't have to be your mother or your father. It could be someone at school. It could be your minister or your priest. You have to find a trusted adult that you can talk to about these feelings. And it's all right to have these feelings. Because until we start talking to our children at younger ages about their feelings, we're not going to stop depression. Mm-hmm. But we're all afraid to talk about depression. We don't want our children to have depression. And as as parents, we all know, we take our children to the doctor all the time. And we say, yeah, you, uh, know, yeah. we need them, yeah, you know, I've, we need them inoculated for the measles and the mumps. Right. And we're always keeping our records up. But when the brain gets sick... Do we well, talk about that? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of doctors, as our friend Eric Kippel that was on the show, said that the doctors didn't even realize when he told him what his son's symptoms were prior to his suicide, the doctor didn't even pick it up. Well, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the book with uh, Julie and Carol. Um, I love the idea of these different pictures. We were talking about it before. Um, and the idea, you know what came up for me is that we're all children, and I really think probably an adult could read this because I think there are a lot of adults who are denying the suicide in their own family. Mm-hmm. And have talk, trouble talking to other people that have had a suicide. Yeah. Yes. They don't know what to say. Yeah, I'm thinking the words are for them, too. Exactly. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that a lot of people that have read my book have, have told me that it's helped them understand the depression that's going on within their children that have lost loved ones to suicide. I mean, their children has been struggling, and they didn't want to put a name to it. And they knew after reading that book that it was depression. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think there's the universal feeling uh, of, you know, with a book like this, um, you know, the pictures and the whole universal feeling of being together and uh, understanding that suicide is something that has caused an illness of depression. As you've always said, Carol, that's been one of your main themes, right? I think that was what, you know, after Keith died, I, I tried to find every bit of information that I could about suicide and depression. And the more and the more I read, I thought no longer will people come up to me and say, well, he made a choice. You know, I knew in my heart then that he did not make a choice. His mm-hmm thinking was confused and hazy and he wasn't thinking logically because in order to to make a choice you have to be thinking logically you have to have different alternatives and one to choose from and Keith did not have that ability now um, for just for our audience they're going to be wondering how, how did Keith die he was 25 and I'm sorry how did he die um, Keith died um, he he shot himself um, he um, had just gotten out of graduate school mm. and had taken a job working with um, um, a new company and had only worked there seven months and he um, was experiencing severe stress on his job mm-hmm. and didn't have any mentor or someone to talk to him about the stress that he was experiencing and um, the day that he was supposed to um, present his plan, he took his life. Oh, no. Did you have any idea he was depressed or was he good at hiding it? None. 
Uh, first of all, Keith was 29 years old. Right. And he lived in Minnesota at the time, mm-hmm. and we lived in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And if you met Keith, you would not ever think that Keith was depressed. I mm-hmm. mean, outgoing, vivacious, had so many friends, never lost a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, um, he was just a perfect son, I, I call him. I mean, he wasn't exactly perfect, was he, Julie? <laughs> Julie, are you there? Uh-oh, we're kind of losing her sound yeah. a little bit. Yeah. We have so many good oh, laughs about Keith. <laughs> We have a lot of good, funny memories, don't we? We absolutely do. <laughs> and Julie, um, what I think is so wonderful about Julie is um, Julie, of course, is my niece and also my goddaughter, and she has a wonderful son, and his name is Cody. And yes, she also has a wonderful daughter, Carly. But Cody um, always had a special connection with Keith, mm-hmm. especially after Keith died. Mm-hmm. And that's why my book is dedicated to Cody, because Julie is the one that told Cody about her, his Uncle Keith and that his Uncle Keith died by suicide and explained it to him. Julie, could you tell our audience how you did that? I think mm-hmm. if you gave them, you know, that real feeling of how they can do it if they've and had the words. Yeah, give us the words. Good. You know what? When Cody was very, very young, um, probably about three years old, we just really began talking about how people's brains get sick and how they get very sad sometimes and they don't want to tell anybody. And all through that process, I would use the word suicide and I would tell him that Keith's brain was sick and he died by suicide. And it just became just a general general progression during the conversation of him asking questions like, well, what is suicide? And I would explain to him that when a person's brain becomes so sick, their body reacts to that, and sometimes they do things that hurt themselves or cause them to die. And it really was not a traumatic conversation for him because it was such a progression. I just mm-hmm. kind of let him lead the conversation and by his questions. And I didn't always answer him immediately either. That's important for parents to know. Sometimes I would have to step back and go, that's a really good question. Let me think about that for a minute. Because I think parents need to remind themselves that you don't always have to have the answer at the tip of your tongue. Sometimes it's okay to step back and go, I have to think about that. Because you don't want to give too much information. You want to give just enough so that if they want to know more, they can kind of open up and ask more. But at the same time, you're not flooding them with so much information that it becomes confusing. And and scary. Yeah. And also, if you're a parent who has had a child died by suicide, and this is another one of your children asking... Those things, you may need to take a break. (laughs) You know, you may not be able to answer it for a moment, or you may have to think about how you want to do that. These children questions can be very penetrating because they're so honest. Mm -hmm. And I also have, you know, I've experienced many times parents that are, you know, it's such a raw and new, and they are very emotional about it themselves, and they don't know if they should talk about it because they themselves feel like they're going to fall apart if they talk about it. And what I usually tell people is, you know what, it's okay for your kids to experience you having emotion. That's okay. That's a good That's a good sign for them that they don't have to hide from their emotions. But at the same time, if you feel like your emotions are going to overtake you and you feel like it's going to become a scary situation, you should step back from it a little bit until you feel like you're more ready to deal with it. Now, now Julie, what if a child hears the story in an appropriate way, like you're saying, and then says, is anybody else in the family going to, it's gonna, gonna. What do you? How do you say it's gonna? 
Die by suicide. Die by suicide. Well, you know what? That question was specifically brought to me by Cody. He did ask me. He Mm -hmm. said, is my brain going to become sick and am I going to die by suicide? And what I said to him was, you know what? We never know when someone's brain might become sick in that way. But what we do know is if you start to have these feelings and you tell somebody, there's lots of ways to help people. There's medicine, there are doctors, there are professional people like myself that you can talk to that can all be very helpful. Mm -hmm. So as long as you tell somebody that you have these feelings, we can get you the help that you need. So then that makes it okay. You're not lying to your child and saying, no, no, you'll never become depressed. But you're letting them know that there is something out there that can be helpful for them. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting because you're not also saying, no, 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 we'll, that will never happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carol, I wondered how you told Cindy. That was both of my daughters were older when um, Keith died. So, um, but you, you still know. had to tell them that yes. cannot be easy. No, it was very difficult. I mean, because when, I think when we went through all of this, um, I, I did not know anything about suicide. And I didn't, I, I basically felt that suicide happened to dysfunctional families. Mm-hmm. I always believed that. In my mind, I believed well, it. And that is, that is a myth, unfortunately, yes. it's out there. And, and I thought it was by the mental health them. community, oftentimes also. Right. And I think that people feel that when a suicide happens that, I can even remember after Keith died, someone said, well, why didn't you communicate with your son? And it were, it, there were questions like that, mm-hmm. and now I have the ammunition to say, you know, my son had an illness, right. and that illness caused him to take his life. Mm-hmm. There should be no shame or stigma attached to a death by suicide. Mm-hmm. No one wants to die, and a death by suicide is nothing to be ashamed of. And this is what I've been trying. And Father Ruby, of course, who we had on the show before, right, right Gloria? Yes, absolutely. He, he's, he's just been wonderful. And By I, the I, way, that's archived. I can't remember. Do you remember the date? I don't remember right now, but it's archived. No, I don't. It was last summer. Yeah, last summer. So it's a great show with Carol talking about suicide. And like you said, Carol, people want to be out of their pain. They don't want to die. That's exactly they don't right. they an alternative, and they don't know how to get out of that pain. I I know in Keith's case that, um, you know, the night before he died, Keith had subscribed to a magazine. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the the fact that people will say it's a plan, they've made the plan and, you know, and all this, it's an impulse, and that impulse is to stop the pain. And I can't even imagine the kind of pain that one suffers with with depression Mm -hmm. because I've never been there. I can see depression with my healthy brain and call it suicide, but I do not understand, I do not understand depression. I mean, in the, in the fact that people that suffer with depression understand it. Well, Carol, how did you tell the girls, just for our audience, because not understanding, I'm sure they're in that, have been in that same position, not understanding depression, feeling guilty, I mean, that must have been really difficult. I'm sure that when, when I told them, um, I, I didn't tell them much because um, of their pain. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what was wonderful was that um, I found Father Ruby, and Cindy found Father Ruby, and um, my daughter was in, my youngest daughter was in college at the time, and, you know, I could, we could support her by talking to her and giving her the information that we found. I think it's so important to be able to educate our children about 
mental illness. I, I, I can't tell you how important it is that we need to be open with our children, but not just when they are depressed, but when they're small young children, like Julie was saying, that Cody asked this question. I asked this one little girl once when I was talking about my book, and I asked her, I said, you know, who would you tell if you felt very sad? And she said, I don't know. And I said, well, would you tell who, is there someone at at home you would tell? She said, well, I'm not sure. And I said, well, is there someone at school? And she said, I would tell my best friend. And I thought to myself, if this best friend knew anything about depression, Mm -hmm. this child would be able to help her friend. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so children knowing, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're being proactive. Right. And uh, what a wonderful time to educate your children and tell them the stories of the family and and, and not keep them as family secrets. Carol was just asking me if we had anything about um, the warning signs for suicide and trouble in our new book, Teen Grief Relief, and we certainly do. It's in our Chapter 6, Watching for Trouble Signs, and we talk about what to watch for and suicide is never the answer and what's normal and what's not is in our book and um, all the warning signs like feelings helpless, helpless, worthless, those kinds of things. And we also have how you can create a safety net. And also we have advice for teens who have survived, advice from from teens who have survived suicide, who are talking to other teens about it. So uh, we have some pretty extensive uh, um, information on that in the book. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Well, we have a caller from New York we want to get to. Michelle, are you there from New York? Yes. Hi. Good afternoon. Welcome to the show, and thanks for calling in. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to start out and say that you are very right um, that it doesn't happen to just dysfunctional families because it happened to my family, and we were very, very close. Uh, Michelle, I'm so glad you called in about that because I've been a family therapist for many, many years, and one of the big myths we get in the therapy world is that it is dysfunctional families, and that is as not Carol true. said, just not the case. Right. And, um, well, 12 years ago, I had lost my brother at 20 years old to suicide. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, it was a tragedy for all of us to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, right now, um, little by little, each of my family members moved away. So I'm alone now. And our family totally broke apart. Mm-hmm. So my question is, I think it's important how to prevent families, how to deal with it so that families don't. I would just imagine that you need support from your family more than ever when something like this happens. But people tend to run. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's what happened with my family. We're all, there was eight of us, and we're all moved away in different states and everything. So we're totally apart. And the problem with me is I had to deal with a loss from my brother committing suicide, but then each year I lost the family of my member as well mm-hmm. every couple of years. So I feel like the feelings of the loss from my brother like rehashed um, every time I lost a family member mm-hmm. until just about a few years ago my last sister had left and I had a nervous breakdown. I guess all the feelings came out all at once. Mm-hmm. But um, I think what I what I'm calling about is pretty much um, to deal with a tragedy like that uh, with suicide. It, it, it's very 
like you said, it's very important to understand that there was it's no one's fault, and also that families should still st- keep together. That you shouldn't. I guess we never did as a family go for help, mm-hmm. and maybe we should have went for counseling on how to deal with all of our emotions. Well, it's never too late. Well, I think right now everybody is pretty much, um, you know, had moved away. And I think, you know, right Michelle, now, though, uh, with Carol's, uh, have you been to her website, um, The Gift of Keith? Yes, I have. Um, with that site, you know, it's a way to, you can reconnect with your family and telling them that you t- uh, called on in the show today and you were thinking about your brother. What was his name? Michael. You were thinking about Michael and, and maybe even get Carol's book. Right. And, uh, you know, kind of reinvigorate this whole dialogue. But don't you think that that might work, Julie? You know, I absolutely do. And I, and I want to tell a little story, too, um, just in regards to my Aunt Carol, how difficult it was for her to speak about this when it first happened. And, you know, I really pursued her, and I kept calling her, and I knew it was important for us to talk about it. And even though she wasn't ready at the time, I think just the persistence of knowing that somebody was there and wanted to talk was helpful, and I think for you, Michelle, if you keep calling your family members and almost forcing them to talk about it, at some point I think that they will be able to realize the importance of it. But definitely if you can get some help out there and read some materials and get yourself educated a little bit. But I do think persistence is the key. And if and if you haven't uh, worked on this at all, 12 years isn't that long, is it, mm-hmm. Carol? No, it isn't. And, you know, Michelle, another thing that I want to say to you is that just as Julie said, um, after Keith died, um, there were some family members that um, I was, you know, I was saddened by their reaction to Keith's death um, because they didn't, to me, say the right things at the right time. And I found that I wrote letters. I, I wrote letters about my feelings. And um, I told them how I felt. And um, I just constantly was trying to get closer to them through letters and phone calls because I think it's so important, like you said, to have family when you're grieving. And I understand your pain because you want your family there. But if your parents haven't healed or your brothers or sisters haven't healed, they can't help you. And it sounds like you're the strong one. Actually, I think it's just the opposite because I'm still pretty much stuck in the area where it happened. So everyone else was able to pick up and start new lives where I'm still... You might think that, Michelle, but it might not be true. And you, you know, might we, be working at your grief. Yeah, and we continue those bonds with our family members. Your brother will always be in everyone's life. Because mm-hmm. right? what's, what's very difficult for me is I, I used to visit the cemetery every year because, um, you know, I just wanted to remember him, more or less, the, the happy times. But now I cannot go because I feel like his death also made me lose my entire family. And this is how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Do you think you could reach out to even one person today about the show? I mean, you reached out to us, which has mm-hmm. uh, been amazing. Mm-hmm. And is there one family member you could pick? To just maybe well i I actually do speak to my mother in Florida, mm-hmm. and uh she understands that you know I, I had so you know we had such a strong love for each other, we had such a close bond, the family that when it broke apart, 
it was, you know, it's very, uh, it's very sad. Well, you know, you might just do one small thing with that person that you'd like to bring back in the family. You might even just drop them one little note saying, hi, uh, how are you? Just wanted to say hello. Just try one tiny outreach, not too big. I think I have more angry feelings inside because they had all, I feel like being deserted when I was, when I'm needing them the most. It's and also, I'm wondering, do you, do you have anyone that you can talk to? And I asked Tony this also when he called in. Because I think if people are feeling alone out there, reaching out to a, either a, a cyber group, something, reaching out to a counselor or a website or something so that you don't feel alone, you can connect with other people, especially if you don't have your family to connect with. And, and I also think Compassionate Friends would be a wonderful place for you to go right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you too. might want to look up a chapter of that because they are great. I do too. I think that later it would be perfect for you to go to a group. And there are great chapters in New York. There's a lot of chapters I, I think what you're doing is, is just amazing. I think that you are right exactly about that. It's, you know, going back to my brother and when he was unhappy, just being able to express your feelings and also to be able to hear what people are saying. And, you know, maybe when you, you say something, oh, I don't like, the kid says, I don't like the school I'm going to, for instance, that could be really serious to them. And as a parent, you don't know that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How serious it really is. So I think what you're doing, bringing out feelings and parents just, you know, talk. The more you talk about it, I think you're going to save so many lives. All right. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you, Michelle. Michelle. Thank we really Michelle. appreciate it. <laughs> well, thank you yeah. so much. Thanks. It's time for us to close our show right now. I can't even believe it. But, Carol, do you have one last thought you want to leave us with? Or, Julie, and do you? It's got to be brief. Each one of you can give a quick whatever. Um, I really just wanted to thank you, Gloria and Heidi, for having me on the show. I, I hope people will um, just look at my book and see how worthwhile it is to children because what I want to do is I want children at very young ages to be able to understand that they can talk to people about their feelings. Great. Thank you, Carol. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to close. And, Julie, do you have one quick thing? One quick thing that I want to say is if, you, if you're working with a professional like a pediatrician and you don't feel like they're responding the way that you need them to, to please pursue further and find a specialist that's able to help you with your child because some pediatricians out there just don't know how to handle this type of situation. So look further because Great. there are specialists. Thank you. Get help. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.